0: So Michael, I um I've been giving you a lot of flack today. Yeah, you've been really mean to me today about everything. <laughs> Just everything. Just everything under the sun. I've been giving you a lot of flack. And I think I think what it is, if I if I if I may psychoanalyze myself, I think what it is is that I'm sad. And I'm sad because we're apart again.
1: Mm, I don't know if I'm gonna <laughs> let you get away with this one, you know. <laughs> we've 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 been apart for like over like about two weeks at this point. So I don't know why today this is coming out, but it is. Because
0: it finally hit me. It mm-hmm. finally hit me, Michael. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, we were together at WWDC, as we are, mm-hmm. as we have been every year for like four years now, I think. I think we met four years ago, something like that. I think that. that's right. Because mm-hmm. I think it was my second WWDC, and this year was my fifth. Wow, yeah, that four years, sense. Casey.
0: That's, that's a long time. Oh, yeah, that's a while. It certainly is. You've known me longer than you've known your own son. Think about that for a second. Yeah, that's trippy. Weird. So anyway, but we're apart again. It's sad. But uh, I feel like we we did okay this past trip. I think it was was whatever year we recorded in person, be that last year or the year before, I feel like we recorded with each other, and that was like the only time we saw each other. And it was really unfortunate. Yeah,
1: (laughs) This year has been the year we have spent the most time together since the first one. We spent a ton of time together the first time we met. Weirdly enough, then the next okay. year, barely anything. Then last year mm-hmm. was a little bit better, but this year was vastly better. And it was, yeah. I think, because of the way that San Jose was different, as you've heard on many different shows um, over the last few weeks, because the bar and night scene was a bit different. There were many times where, like, me and you were just like hanging out in my hotel room. All right. And it's just like yeah. that was, and I actually loved that personally, not just because you were in my hotel room.
0: hey and you had such a nice setup as well because Hmm. the the particular scenario you guys ended up in i don't know if it was deliberate or otherwise but you had like a a sitting area of your room and then a sleeping area of your room and the sitting area was big enough that you could put you know like five or ten people in there comfortably and so uh there were a couple of times like you said that we were in there just kind of chilling and and you know it's tough with wwdc and and we're going to try to make this very quick because we've talked it to death on all of our shows but you know, on the one side, all I want to do at WWDC is hang out with my friends and ignore everybody else. On the other side, all I want to do at WWDC is meet new people that I've never met before and make new friends and, and hang out and, and get into random scenarios and kind of ignore my friends. Not that I want to ignore my friends, but does that make sense? Like, it, it's, it's these competing priorities, both of which are so strong. And, and I think, like you said, it was a better balance, at least for me, than it, than it had been in a while.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that there was just it was just different, and it, and it allowed for more personal time in places. Yeah. Um, I think as well, maybe less of our immediate friend group were actually at the conference this year, which yeah. I think pulled the people that were at the conference away from the conference more.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so
1: agree with that. I, so I think that for for those of us who don't get badges, that was a big win. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was
0: like for you. I, I was tough because I feel like I was in the conference for five minutes and I was there a lot and I went to plenty of sessions, but as compared to, you know, not last year, cause I didn't have a ticket to the regular conference last year. I went to layers and I was there a lot, but, uh, two years ago, I feel like I was in the conference nonstop and I barely saw anyone. Whereas this time I was in the conference. I don't know. Sometimes, some days it felt like I barely went some days. It felt like I was there the whole day, but it was, it was weird. But anyway, but, um, but it was good. The conference was good. I had a lot of fun. It was great to see everyone and uh, we're gonna we're gonna intersperse a relay your feels um, in right now only because it's relevant uh, some some s- just stunningly handsome individual wrote in and, and asked, uh, knowing how the keynote turned out, would Mike have paid for a ticket to watch it uh, or or really just watch Federico as it happened, given that it was the hashtag year of Teachy, would you have?" asks this just stunningly good looking fellow would you have would you have paid the sixteen hundred dollars to go and see the the show if you could go back in time
1: again? I will say to you directly as I said to the stunningly handsome individual on Twitter, you have access to our show document I'm not sure why you feel like you need to tweet things you can just put them in the document um okay so I I know I know where your question is leading to, right? Like, and 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 I agree with the point that you're making that, like, of all keynotes, this would have been one that would have been great because, basically, everything Federico was excited about, I am equally excited about, right? Because we're so deep sure. in the iPad stack now. Plus, mm-hmm. I, I as much fun as I had watching the keynote with the people that I watched it with there's kind of nobody really I would have wanted to be next to than him, <laughs> right? Because I would yeah. have got to have seen all of his reaction and we could have shared in our mutual, unbelievable excitement together, right? Sure. Where I was in the room freaking out and everyone else was was within various levels of excitement. Where I think some people were as excited as me, but don't show it in the way that maybe me and Federico would. Um, yeah but it's still I still wouldn't have done it because I don't want to do this yet. I don't want to apply for a pass yet. I don't want to take a ticket from someone. Now, sure. I have made a little goal to myself. Now, I am I really do mean when I say like I don't I don't want to take away a ticket from someone who's going to use it more than me. Now, I will say like over the last 2 years understanding some of the sessions that Federico has attended, I would pretty much attend all of them out of for journalistic reasons because there is some details that he gets going to the sessions that would be really useful for me in that week because anybody that goes to WWDC will know you somehow don't find out anything until you come home again because there's so much going on. But Federico was coming out of these sessions and he was knowing a lot. Like We just did an episode of Connected where we were talking about something called business chat Um, which is this new thing, and all of the information that Federico had for Business Chat came from him having been in the session. Now, of course, you can watch the session videos, but like when you're there, you're more likely to take the information in. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, the main reason for me wanting to go to WWDC is because I have a bucket list item, which is to attend a keynote. Now, I still think that the door is not closed on me maybe one day being invited to a keynote, like i I don't think that the door is closed there yet, um, so what I have done, I've set a goal in my mind of twenty twenty if by twenty twenty I have not attended a keynote ticket, I will start applying for the lottery to do it one time because mm. this is something that I want, so I'm gonna let the next three years, two three years of people get the tickets as normal, and then I'm sorry everyone i will I will maybe then take one ticket one time um just because i I really just desperately want to 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 go and I'll maybe do a deal with a developer where I go to a lab and ask some questions on their behalf <laughs> so I can make myself feel better, but this is something that has been a dream of mine for over ten years to go to a keynote, and i you know I really want to and the the best way for this to be resolved is for apple p r to invite me to an
0: event of any kind, well, not just you, sir.
1: No, but you go. You go, though. I mean, what I'm saying is for for this to be resolved for me to get my wish here is to just get invited to one thing, one time. Everybody else seems to have gone to something. I've never been to anything. Um, So I would like to go
0: to something. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Uh, But uh, hey, guess what, Apple? Podcasts are media. Maybe we deserve a uh, press pass. It would be uh, very nice. Maybe I
1: haven't made myself completely clear because David in the chat room is asking, why don't I aim to get a press badge? That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm giving it three years. I am currently aiming to do that. I am working very, very hard to try and make content which is good enough for Apple to deem upon me a press badge. I do that every single day. Um, So I'm giving myself another three years or two or three years to get to the level that they might deem... It' willing to ordain me with a badge. Um, Other than that, I will try and see if I can get one via monetary means.
0: Yeah, it's understandable. I don't know. Well, for me, it's tough because I would love the press badge so I can just waltz into the keynote at you know ten minutes before ten and just have that special area where I sit in. But the reality of the situation is, I would want to be able to go to the rest of the conference, and unless you get the super, ultra, mega press badge, you don't get that kind of benefit. So it's a double-edged sword for me, but it would make me feel really good just to know that that Apple was recognizing podcasts. Like, even if it wasn't you, like, just any anyone whose name was made by podcasting rather than through print or something like that, you know, it would be cool if Apple recognized that. And I've spoken yeah. to several Apple people yep. about this, and nobody seems be in a position to do anything about it they all seem sympathetic but nobody is really empowered to do anything about it so we'll
1: i don't say. blame anyone particularly i think yeah, 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 it would be yeah. really great but like if that's just not where they're focused then what you know who am i to tell them to do otherwise right they know what they're doing better than i do i think it would just be really nice <laughs> but it's just sure. purely selfish on my
0: part yeah yeah all right, let's talk about uh, something that's unequivocally awesome.
1: This episode is brought to you by Linode. Linode lets you get up in seconds with their fast and powerful hosting. Their tools are easy to use, and they let you choose your resources on Linux Distro to give you the power and flexibility that you need. And with plans starting at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM and the Linode cloud, there is nobody better. Linode offer industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, access to a 40-gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors, which are the fastest processors in the cloud market. They have nine data centers spread across the world, meaning you can serve your customers quickly, and they have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. With super simple scaling, allowing you to resize your servers in just a couple of clicks, and with everything manageable via the command line, they're the perfect solution for you. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balances. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. As I mentioned, you can get a 1GB of RAM server for just $5 a month, and you can go all the way up to 16GB of RAM for your virtual server with for just $60 a month. They offer twice the amount of RAM that you'll get for the prices elsewhere. And as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com analog, that's L-I-N odecom slash analog. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And if you're signing up for the one gigabyte of RAM virtual server, that'll get you four months. So <laughs> it's a pretty great deal. With a seven day money back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that great 20 lot of credit. I'll use the promo code analog two zero one seven at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their continued support of this show. It's been a while, and a lot has happened. Casey List, would you like a wedding update?
0: I would love a wedding update. Not just like it, but love it, I tell you. So there are two components to the wedding. There is the the
1: wedding venue, the actual ceremony venue, and the reception venue. We have booked and paid deposits for both of these now,
0: which I'm very excited about. Excellent. This is super exciting. So that means you have a date. No. (laughs) Yeah, no, we've got a (laughs) date. (laughs) <laughs> i was gonna say wait, what we're just we're playing it by year
1: we're winging it we're doing one on one day and then one two weeks later no we have a date uh it's gonna be still in 2018 in the summer um the the venue the wedding venue is uh, a place that so our, our wedding planner suggested a bunch of different options for us and the venue itself where we're actually going to be getting married as soon as we saw the pictures, we just fell in love with it. We actually penciled ourselves in immediately before we even saw the place because it was, oh, wow. it was just done. Like, it was just done. It fit us so perfectly. Um, and then we went to see it a few weeks ago. We were confident that was the one, and then we paid the deposit. Um, so that's all set. That's been set for... Oh, like a month at least like we've had that one lockdown and then we were just deciding where we were going to do the reception the place that we're getting married you can do everything there but we don't want to like we want to split the day um just because this place i think is really nice for a ceremony but just doesn't fit what we're looking for um from a reception venue like a party venue we do want the reception venue what do you call it
0: yeah, reception venue. Reception venue,
1: because it it's just not really set up for that, right? There's no kitchens or anything there. Like it just seems like it would be too much of a hassle, like too many component parts required to make it work. Um, so we've we were looking at a couple of different places, like a a couple of restaurants that could give us everything, or a couple of venues where we'd bring stuff in, but they were more like they they were just more i can't think of a word but just like amenable maybe to to the invite to having a party right like that you Mm. you would have space to bring stuff in and store it right as opposed to like trying to bring everything in including like a fridge um so we found a couple of places uh there was like one place which is down by the docks and in one place which is kind of more in town um and we chose the one that was more in town because it Again, we went to see them. So these we went before we made our decisions. We went to take a look at them, and we were really. I'm being cagey with where they are, right? I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. I just want to say that, like, in case people wondering why I'm talking so weird. So, (laughs) just as a slight aside, we're not sharing the date, and we're not sharing the place, right? We're just not going to do that. Uh, I think that makes sense, right? Like, we're just because I'm going to be talking about our wedding. Uh, I'm going to do my best to make it as private as it can be because it should be right. Like I'm not being completely agree. Okay, cool. I just, I'm not trying to be weird. I just want to keep it to us. Um, yeah, I think
0: that makes perfect sense.
1: So like, you know, there will be lots of pictures. I mean, on the day, I mean, everyone's going to know the day that it's happening as it gets close to the time. Right. But that's why I'm not talking about the venues. Just in case, you never know. I mean, we've had this thing where, like, we've been looking at photographers. So I'm jumping ahead now. But, like, so now our planner is, like, setting us little tasks. And uh, we're looking at photographers and looking at their websites. And it seems like every photographer's website just has, like, every picture they've ever taken of every wedding. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want my wedding photos on somebody's website. No, I don't know if I'm maybe in a different position to most people in that.
0: It yeah, maybe if know. you
1: look for my name, it it might come up because it's relatively easy to find, and people might want to look for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. Like when we were shopping for wedding photographers, one thing that was made abundantly clear is that all of the the photographer, well, maybe not all, but any photographer we spoke to, they felt like their the pictures they take were theirs and we just have a license to print them for ourselves and nobody else and the reason is is because they want to turn around and sell the pictures they took of us to like stock photo companies and all these other places. And from what I understand, that's where, where they earn a large portion of their income. And that yeah, just well, kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. And I mean, I understand it. Like these people have to make a living, but it totally gives me the heebie-jeebies. And yeah, they'll plaster it all over their website. Like the guy who did our pictures, I don't think he's doing it anymore, but for a long time, there was a admittedly very funny and very good picture of us on his website. And on the one side, it was flattering, but especially now that I'm and I realize how self involved this sounds, but now that I'm to some degree a public figure, I don't know that I'm totally keen on that anymore, you know, so I totally don't I don't
1: you. mind um allowing a small selection of photos that we both agree on to be put on their website, but like I don't want all mm. of them there. And I definitely don't want any for sale elsewhere. So I'm sure this will be some fun conversations that I have. Oh, the photographer. And the thing is, Casey, like most situations, like most problems, I'm sure it can be solved with money. I have no idea how much money it would take <laughs> to solve the problem, but like, yeah. if I care about it that much, then I'll have to put my money where my mouth is. Right. And, and that, I'm sure that'll be, uh, this will be something that I will follow up on in a few weeks time. Once we've been started talking to photographers. Um, But yeah, I'm sure it's it's just a money a money problem. But anyway, I just you know I just don't want all of my family. And I mean, it's not so much me that I'm worried about. It's just like having my entire family, all of their pictures associated with my name on the internet. Like, I just don't really want that. Um, Like, I'm going to be taking and sharing a billion pictures of my wedding, as will all of my friends who are going to be there. Right? Like, that's the thing. I'm cool with that, but. That's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we we'll, I'll let you know how we go with that one. Maybe I just end up seeing what the price is and decide that it's not worth that. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> we'll so the reception venues that we were choosing from, the place that we ended up going for, it has a look that we won and, uh, it, it, it's got a good vibe to it. It's in a really great location. And that was what drew us to this place in the first instance but we were unhappy with the food menu options that they had. So it's a pretty nice restaurant like it's a pretty good restaurant um, and they're on the fancy side of things but their their regular menu is has more than enough things that we like but the wedding menu is very fixed as as mm. we found out of most places and we weren't keen on that um, because it was like roast chicken and and beef and like but like super like stuffy traditional wedding food options yeah like like mm-hmm. it just felt like wedding by numbers type food and, and it, that didn't excite us so one of the great things about uh, having a wedding planner is we told our wedding planner and then she went away and has been negotiating with the, the the venue and we've gotten food options that we want what we wanted and I think makes a lot of sense really and I'm sure lots of people do this we wanted food that's like the food we like yeah so I think we're we're going for like a really weird mix like I want to do it family style I want to serve the food family style and we're looking at like a mixture of Mexican food and American food is kind oh, of where we're going that's
0: interesting that's what we
1: eat so like we would like some, some kind of Tex-Mex type America, uh, like Mexican food uh, and then maybe some pizza uh, maybe some burgers oh, and some no. hot dogs that's where we want to oh, go
0: oh no what's your problem what kind of pizza, Mike? What do you
1: mean what kind of pizza? Oh no, I'm not going to have them make pineapple pepperoni. It's ridiculous. Unless they'll make it for me, I don't know. But like, I'm not going to make everybody eat this one style of pizza, right? So I mean, we're it's gonna your go, day, Mike. No, no, it's that's silly. We're gonna go there and at some point, I guess, and do a tasting, and we'll work out what types, what, what of those mixtures we want to have. But like, we're looking. We just want it to be like food that we enjoy. Like, I don't want to sit there and eat, like, this fancy roast chicken because it's not what I eat, like, when I go out and choose to go eat somewhere, right? Like, if it was, like, a good steak, yeah, maybe. But again, that... that I don't know. We're quite picky about stuff like that. So I, I feel like I, I don't want it to be like this, hoo-hoo-hoo, look at us, type day. Like, I want it to... <laughs> This is this is meant to embody who we are as people, right? So, like, we're gonna have a cocktail menu that we choose, and that will be fixed, right? there will be like five cocktails or something.
0: Oh know? no!
1: Look, there will also be spirits. <laughs> Look, I tell you what, right now, I'm okay? Just giving you Let the me just—you're the only person that's getting all this info.
0: It was too easy, Michael. I couldn't help myself. I'm so sorry. Come on, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. You're Can the person. Kind of
1: okay, funny? okay. You're the person here who gets all this information in this environment, so you can't start taking it upon yourself to demand. I don't know what what food you want, like McDonald's breakfast and Tito's vodka or whatever it is.
0: Side me up. Now, the funny thing is, like, I am, I am, I think I'm joking. I hope I'm joking, but um, I am doing the thing that everyone does to the bride and groom on their wedding day, and try to make it about me and not you. And and as much as I'm giving you crap, and 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 all snark aside, in the end of the day, if the only thing that was available at your wedding was pineapple, uh, was pineapple pepperoni, is that right? Uh, Uh Pizza and and old fashions. I will eat the snot and drink the snot out of, mm, poor turn of phrase, mm. I will drink a lot of and eat a lot of and eat a lot of pineapple uh, pepperoni pizza in old fashioned because you know what, on that day, I'm not even going to care. All I, all I want to do is see you two lovebirds get married and everything else is second fiddle. So I'm giving you a hard time, but you are doing exactly what you should, and that is ignore everything I'm saying and carry on with what you want.
1: I can only like 90% believe you.
0: Oh no, I totally would. I, I really would. I honest to goodness.
1: Well, I I'm I, sure that you would, but would you give me a hard time still? Like maybe. Just for um, the fun of it.
0: For the fun of it, probably.
1: So there'll probably That's be some cool. little we have some ideas of some little British elements we want to sprinkle in. But so here's the thing. Here's one of the great things about this. We're paying for this winning. hmm We're not getting money from family. So can we do can, can do whatever you where you want. we want. <laughs> And I've already nice. reminded my family of this uh, just nicely on a couple of occasions. We're like, hey, why don't you do this? And it's like, well, I'm paying for it, so not going to. No. <laughs> and every, yeah. I think everyone's understanding that and they're being very respectful of it. But it's just, good, you know, There, we'll see how it goes once we start getting into the minutia. But I'm mm-hmm. actually thinking that I'm probably going to do my very best to keep a lot of the very particular details away from people that might have their own tastes. Right, and their own ideas yeah. for how these things should run, and we'll see how that goes. That's a wise choice. We'll see. The one thing that we haven't done yet that we need to do before we're going to be sending out our invitations is we need to book a registrar. So we're not having a, a religious ceremony. This is a uh, an efficient uh, oh, ceremony okay. master, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Get an efficient a is what I would call it. Right, because uh, the, the registry office will be providing a marriage certificate, right? So, And there, there is like a ceremony that this person will perform, which I think is mostly focused around love as a theme. Um, but I contacted them, and they will only allow me to book a year in advance because their computer system doesn't allow anything more than that. So uh, we have alarms and alerts all set to call as soon as the office opens on our set date so we can get the uh, the person from the local council to come and officiate our wedding. So that's where we are right now. So the next thing we're doing is photographers, and then we're going to start work on the invitations. Uh, I, I have a paper guy. Um, <laughs> I, I need to explain this to, to, um, to our planner that like we can get them printed somewhere, but I, I will be choosing the paper <laughs> that they go on. Uh, I think we're just going to go straight to invitations. We're not going to RSVP or anything.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: We know everyone we're inviting. We want to come. We think actually probably most people will. And considering that we're sending ninety percent of the invitations overseas, let's keep the
0: costs down. <laughs> Fair. Well, you know, what you could do what uh, some some people around here have done is they'll do the like save the date, which it traditionally is a mailed not so frou frou thing. They'll do that sometimes electronically to save money and then do the invitations as like paper invitations for what it's worth. Nah. I, don't, I don't remember how we did our save the dates offhand, but when Aaron and I got hitched, we printed our own invitations because, you know, I, so for us, I'm not saying this is applicable to you guys and I'm not trying to be like passive aggressive at all. But for us, it didn't really matter that much. We just wanted something that looked nice and was mostly not unremarkable, I understand but Remarkable. You know we what were I mean? talking to
1: my aunt about this over the weekend. We had a big family thing because my nan turned 80 and uh congrats yeah not to me i didn't do anything but she's really great um and she's she made a really good point which was like this is something that's not really important in the grand scheme of things the invitation yeah nobody remembers nobody remembers it and it's you really should maybe keep them the 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 money for things that are going to be in the photos and i agree with that to a point but i'm a paper guy yeah, I was going to say
0: you get a pass on this. It's because important this is to something me. Something that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it matters to me a lot um, that we have. I mean, so again, I'm starting. We're starting to have some grand ideas for what the paper things in question on the day might look like, right? Oh, because um, I've se- we've seen some stuff in on Pinterest and stuff <laughs> like, and it's you know there's some, there's some real things, uh, and again, I, I I have a real good paper hookup. So we'll see, but I, I really would like to see if we can try and get invitations done the way that I want to have them done. But, but yeah, that's where we are right now. So expect uh, expect some more information in the coming episodes.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope I hope we're able to make it because you know with you're expecting you're
1: getting an invitation.
0: Uh, I hope so.
1: Keep talking about the pizza and alcohol choice, and it's not coming <laughs> your way, my friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Too sir. Uh, no, I hope I hope we can work it out because you know uh, you know when the date is, right? I've told you that. You did tell. I don't remember offhand, okay. but yes, it, it should be in my calendar because if it's not in the calendar, that means it doesn't exist. Because uh-huh. yeah, I'm I'm of the Jason Snell school of of uh, of to do lists and and calendars and things like that. So anyway, um, no, I'm I'm really hopeful we're able to work it out, um, and, and and certainly that is the plan. And uh, you know, it's going to be interesting either. Bringing Declan or finding childcare, we'll work it out one way or the other. But, uh, but hopefully, I mean, we've been talking about this, Aaron and I, pretty much since we realized that, that you guys were probably going to make it. And then, so we were like, man, we're probably going to be going to Considering Europe. Considering how a much you
1: love London, it would be a personal affront yeah. to me.
0: Uh, you know what i don't know if you're kidding or not but if i were you i would not be kidding right now i'm not kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh not yeah kidding. i don't blame you um but anyway but we're, we're i i'm very much looking forward to it and i'm very much hoping that it will work out as expected but uh but yeah uh it, it's a super exciting time you know weddings are the best they're the best worst the planning of a wedding is kind of the worst but uh at least you have a planner which will yeah, it's mostly take going, a lot of the has been going, going
1: off. pretty well so far actually <laughs> yeah they,
0: they, that takes a lot of the pressure off. Uh, you being the unequivocal money, you, the collective you of the two of you, being the uh, the unequivocal money bags, hopefully takes a lot of the pressure off.
1: Ah, as different pressures, like, oh, I'm going to get the money. That's, a, yeah, da- you enough. know, we don't have all of it. I think I maybe have yeah. a third
0: of our budget so far. Mm-hmm. You maybe uh, shouldn't buy so many iPads, and uh, you wouldn't need to worry about that. Anyway, it's a different budget. Um, it's a separately
1: allocated budget. And remember, I have been keeping that money aside <laughs> for a lot longer than I expected it to be. That's
0: <laughs> yeah, true. It's a fair point. As much as I want to give you more crap about that, you're absolutely right. But, uh, but to take your moment and make it about me as I'm off to do um, – We actually, Aaron and I, have an interesting milestone coming up. Uh, Unless something weird happens in the next four days, five days, whatever it is, uh, our 10th anniversary is uh, this coming weekend, which is super exciting. Is this your wedding anniversary? Our 10th wedding anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Mm -hmm. This is huge. Yeah, thanks, man. Stephen just had his. Yeah, I know. Yeah, his was a month or two ago, I think. Um, So, yeah, so uh, the difference is Stephen is like, Four years younger than i am <laughs> but, and i got married when i was 25 so he was he was a baby but i mean he and mary had known each other for forever They're around. childhood sweethearts yeah that is adorable mm-hmm. um but anyways so yeah so it's our 10th anniversary um we're actually going on a trip uh sometime soon which is very exciting uh we're going to be going away without declan for four nights i think it wow. is which is Super crazy because we've been a single evening. We together have been away from Declan several times. I might go so far as to say many times for a single night. But we've not ever, to my recollection, done even two consecutive nights away. And now we're talking about four consecutive nights. And it occurred to me, shoot, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, it occurred to me that, you know, every year at the very least, I go to WWDC for five nights. It's been the case since 2011. It's been the case since Declan was born. Aaron has never been away from Declan for more than about 24 hours wow. since his birth. And so I can tell you who's really looking forward to a little bit of a break. Well, again, I guess and nine months Aaron. before
1: that, really, right? Like if you if you think about yeah, it, I guess like yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's a very interesting point. You're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to some time away uh, with just the two of us. And, and you know, I, I joke a lot um I joke a lot about having married up, and I joke a lot about how Aaron and yo know, is is so much better than me. I don't know if this, if I do this on the show or not, but I certainly do this in in personal relationships and and I joke a lot because I say that pretty much anyone that meets Aaron likes her more than me and I joke about all those things, but as with any decent joke, there's a lot of truth behind it and so the fact that uh that I've somehow convinced Aaron to stay with me for 10 years of, of being married and, and what is it? 11, almost 12 years, uh, 12 years. Is that right? Of being uh, together is utterly bonkers. And, and I am extraordinarily lucky that of all the people on this planet that Aaron chose to uh, shack up with for the for as long as she has, that I'm the one. Because um, you know, as, as with any married couple, there's times that we get frustrated with each other, and there's times that you know I'm killing her, she's killing me, or we're, we're killing each other. But in the end of the day, uh, you know, I love that girl to death, and and I can't fathom what my life would be like without her. And I'm leaving Declan out of this, like just, just her. Um, and I'm really, really damn lucky to have found her and to have been able to hold on to her for as long as I have. And, and, you know, she's not the kind to run away. I hope I'm not painting her as though she's like got a foot out the door every minute, not at all. But let's just say that uh, living with me can probably be extraordinarily difficult as Mike has gotten a taste of today yeah. as I've given him more than today? my sheriff's first- <laughs> Today? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You know what I'm saying.
1: I would like to congratulate you for such a successful long con. And
0: <laughs> I would like to congratulate
1: Aaron for having the strongest will in the world.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely factual. So, uh yeah, it, she's a little behind on shows. She does listen to the show. Success, or successfully, successfully, jesus Uh she listens to the show uh consistently is what I was looking for. Um but uh, i think she's behind enough that this probably won't hit her ears for another couple of months so hopefully i'll get a little leverage out of this but um, no i uh i do i do love her to death and i'm very excited for this weekend and um and i'm very much looking forward to having some time to just us and, and i'm really 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 damn lucky that that she's the one that i'm with and more importantly that um uh, that i'm the one that she chose cuz i i think she could have her pick at just about anyone and i'm i'm a really lucky fella so whenever you hear this honey i love you I love you, too. <laughs> All right. What else is really cool these days?
1: Well, we have some huge news, some some very big follow-up, huge we follow-up. Do. Okay. After this break. Today's Ooh. show is also brought to you by Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com. You'll get a 14-day free trial. And when you enter the offer code ANALOG at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first Invoice, Pingdom is focused on making the web faster and more reliable for everyone who has a site. And they do this by offering powerful and easy-to-use tools and services. For example, if you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website is as easy as just giving them a URL that you want them to monitor. Then Pingdom will use their 70 global test servers to emulate visits to that site or to that URL, checking its availability as often as every minute. And if something happens, if something goes wrong, they will notify you and there's a myriad of ways you can have Pingdom notify you by text message, by push notification, by email, by all of them. I recommend if you're setting them all up and having them all go off because it's really funny when, when that happens. You know, at least you can take some <laughs> mirth in the fact that you're having a website issue when there's like battle stations. I will, you know, I, I haven't tried this and now I really want to, to see if there's a way to kind of hook Pingdom up to my hue lights somehow. Like, make them all go red. Oh, my word. There's got to be a way to do that. Like, a, hmm, I'm going to have to take a look at that, even if it's just like monitoring. The- anyway, um, you can also, uh, <laughs> not not just an entire web, it's not just an entire website that Pingdom can, can monitor. They can also look at just specific dependencies of your site. So if you have things that are maybe hosted elsewhere or you have different functionality that is more prone to errors, maybe checkouts or logins or search functionality, it can monitor all of these things independently as well. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every single month. That's more than 400,000 a day and that's just of the websites that Pingdom monitors. So don't be a fool. Use Pingdom. You'll know if your site's down because they're going to tell you. All you need to do is give them that URL. You don't want to be caught out when someone wants to access your site. Check it out today, and you'll be the first to know when your site is down. Go to pingdom.com slash analog, that's pingdo dot slash analog for a 14-day free trial, and use the code analog at checkout to get 20% off your first invoice. And thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, I promise you, I am not... Mm-hmm. This is no hyperbole here, right? None at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the day that I booked our wedding ceremony venue, right, Mm -hmm. I was sending a bank transaction. I sent the the transaction, like the, the deposit to them, all set. As soon as I hit confirm, I got a push notification for an email. Okay. That email said... The Duolingo Romanian course is now available. (laughs) Ooh! (laughs) It was immediate. It is fate, my friend. It is fate. So this is something I've been talking about for such a long time, about uh, having a desire to learn Romanian, because Adina is Romanian, her family is Romanian, and uh, she... And her family do not speak English fluently. Um, Her mom has been taking Duolingo courses since I first met her for English. And as I've mentioned on previous episodes, it's getting frighteningly good. So I have (laughs) now begun a Duolingo course in Romanian. So this is something that I'm probably going to regret. In the show notes is a link to my Duolingo
0: profile. Oh, man, that is... Is bold, my friend. So
1: people will be able to keep up with me and what I'm doing. So I'm currently level four in Romanian um, with a total experience of 220 points. My goal is to do uh, one uh, test or one uh, like section a day, and I'll tell you how this works. So um, you'll see on the page that you get a streak. The streak is how many days in a row I've done this. What will typically happen for me is I do it on weekdays only. I tend not to do it on the weekends. So most of the time you'll just see like a five-day streak. And that's just the way that I do things because this, this isn't really something that I do on the weekends very often. Um, I also didn't do this when I was traveling because it just didn't work out because it kept reminding me at 12 GMT. Which is just a terrible time (laughs) because that's what it triggers at like noon GMT. Plus, I was busy and whatever. I wasn't going to do it on the trip. Um, And uh, unless I'm on long trips, like very long trips, like if I'm on like a a week away, I probably won't do it because I've got other stuff going on. But in my regular daily life, when I'm working at home, I take the time every day to do a course. So you will see as we record right now, there is two days because it's Tuesday when we record. So I did it yesterday, I did it today. And I'll tell you what Duolingo the app is really good. They've changed some of their stuff since I started like it's becoming a little bit more freemium but not in a bad way yet but but you can you can pay them some money to turn some of the stuff off for like monthly periods, which I did once. Um, and I will do it again. They have, like, if you get things wrong, you, you lose a life, and then you have to wait for the time to refill. But, like, it's a really long period of time, and you have to get a lot of stuff wrong. If you're doing what I'm doing and doing, like, one or two examples a day, at least based on their current model, you will not um, you will not run into a problem unless you're terrible, <laughs> I, I guess. Because uh, it's, not, it's not very hard. They, they do a really good job. Um, of teaching you, I've actually found it to be fun and enjoyable, and I am enjoying it. I mean, I've been doing this now. When did I start? So I started doing this uh, at the end of May. So I've done it for pretty much a month at this point, excluding the week Mm -hmm. um, that that I was away, and I'm still enjoying it. My course today was really good because I am learning. That's why I'm enjoying it
0: do you feel like you're learning anything useful? And before you answer, let me explain before we went to London actually. uh, And then Paris, did you try to learn English? (laughs) Funny. I deserve that. I deserve that. Um, We tried to learn French and we did this And, and just like, just the bare bones. We were not ever going to get like fluent or anything like that, but we were trying to get just enough to be barely aware of what's happening around us in, in French. And we, We uh, had a copy of, uh, what is it, Rosetta Stone. So this was 2010. This is a long time ago. And the thing that was frustrating about Rosetta Stone, and maybe this makes perfect sense if you were trying to become, like, actually fluent in the language. But it was frustrating for us because they taught us things that we would never need to know. And it's been so long I don't remember. But it was, like, little boy or something like that. Like, as a traveler, I don't need to know the word for little boy. I need to know the, the word for, like, toilet or food or something like that and so we we didn't really get much out of it how does duolingo in, a, in very broad strokes approach teaching you like are you conversational yet or are you just learning that's yeah
1: that's
0: fair no I, I, you should laugh but, but uh, what i mean to say is like are you getting anything that's like applicable yeah. or is it just like individual vocab words still?
1: so the type the types of areas that i've been learning so far are like boy girl man woman um mm-hmm. eat mm-hmm. drink uh types of foods, um, breakfast, dinner, uh, good morning, good evening, things like that. And they're like okay. the areas that I've been learning in. I don't remember words of all of them. Like the, What you're supposed to do is you are supposed to go back and take refreshers in all of these as well. Like There are lots of different things you can do. Right now, I'm just trying to do all of the, like, the tier one stuff, go through them, and then go back and start doing more of them. But what they do that's really good is because of the way it's The way it's stacked, I'm 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 refreshing myself on these words a lot. So I start by learning boy and girl and man and woman. Then I start learning about food, and I start learning about eating and drinking. What's that? Eating and drinking, and then about food. So I'm Mm -hmm. learning the words for boy, and then I'm like, and the the words for girl. Then it's like the boy drinks, the boy eats, the girl drinks, the girl eats, and then it's like the girl eats cake, right? So like this is how it builds. So they do a really good job of like forcing me to refer back and a lot of the words that you've done a bunch of times, they don't give you any hints on. So like sometimes you'll see a sentence and it will be like five words in the sentence and one of the words will be underlined. You can tap that word and it will tell you what the word is, but it won't tell you what the rest of them is. And if you get an answer wrong, it moves to the next question, but for you to finish the course, you have to answer all of the questions. And if you get to the end, it will just keep making you answer over and over and over again until you get it right. And I do feel like there are some things that are sticking in my brain, and we're sitting at home now, and I will say what I think a word is. Like, Adina was drinking water earlier, and I was saying to her, like, you drink water, because I remember what that was, which I'm right. going to try and say this now, and I'm probably going to get it wrong.
0: <laughs> I was going to ask you, and then I thought I shouldn't put him on the spot like that.
1: All right. Yo, bow. Upper. It's, okay. it's either that Sounds or yo bo apa. It's close enough. The either way, I know that's what it is. My pronunciation, my pronunciation of the word drink, which is like bow bo, it's really hard for me to do. But it's I get it close enough each time that people would know what I was trying to say. Like one um. of the things that I'm really really struggling with is plurals. Because uh, like a lot of Latin-based languages in Europe, there is gender in uh, words, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so there's gender in pluralization, and some end in an a, some end in s, and I can never remember, that's also a sound that like doesn't occur in English, by the way. It's... Do you remember like, uh, we spoke about this on mine and Adina's episode together, which was like, as in pizza? Do you remember that? Mm, like, it's for her n- surname. specifically. Right? Which is not Niamtu. It's Niamtsu. So you've got to make that t- sound, yeah, yeah, which okay. is not a yeah. sound that, like, this doesn't... In English, we never make that sound. Sure, sure. Um, But anyway, so there are... With the pluralization stuff, like, I know I'm never going to get that right because it's really hard for me. But I can just... So, like, for example, it's like... If I want to say one cake, two cake, I think it's un tot. Un, uh, do, or do, torta, i think it's something like that <laughs> right, but i'm getting it wrong again but if i'm doing it, i'm just gonna say un tot, do a tort. right like i'm just gonna say one cake two cake people are gonna know what i'm trying to say because my plan here i don't ever aspire to be able to hold a conversation because that is okay. way too far out of what i believe i'm going to be able to learn Um, Honestly, I I just don't think I'm going to be able to do it. What I want to be able to do is, in social situations, be able to communicate. So to be able to ask for things, to have things asked of me, and I can try and understand what's going on, right? So, like, when we're sitting down for meals, I can ask someone to pass me something. Like, I can say hello to people. I can have a very, like, very brief understanding, but, like, a, a good understanding of common phrases, To the point where, like, I can wish people good morning, I can wish people good night, and like they can say it to me and I'll understand. I can ask them, like, what would they like to eat, that kind of stuff, and try and get some of these phrases. That's what I aspire to right now, because even that, like, learning that stuff well enough that I can actually use it and understand it is going to be really hard for me. So I would like to, um, I would like to be able to do that. That's something that I aspire to. Um, it would be amazing to be able to, to be semi conversational. Uh, but I, I, that seems like an unattainable goal right now. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, that totally is fair.
1: And honestly, I think as long as I can do the basic request stuff will be really good. Um, the one thing that I'm concerned about is that, uh, if we have kids that Adina would we'll teach the kids Romanian and then, like they're going to have a secret code.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you asked that or bring that up, I should say, because I was just about to ask you, um, do you think that if you progress far enough that you're, I'm going to use the word conversational, but for the, a very loose definition of conversational, the kind of conversational that you were just talking about, if you do get to that air quotes, level of conversational. Do you think you would ask Adina to start using it in the home, either like flip-flopping back and forth, or maybe like weekends are always in Romanian and, and the rest of the week is in English or something along those lines?
1: So, uh, I mean, it would be amazing. Like, and, I, and I maybe you never know how, like, if I do this for 10 years, like, I might, you know, I might actually be able to do this, right? Like, you never know. Like, sure. if this is something that I continue to try and learn, maybe I will be able to have very basic conversations more than just asking for things. Mm-hmm. Um which would be excellent because I would want our children to learn Romanian. Mm-hmm. Um mostly because I want them to be able to communicate with their grandparents.
0: And Yeah, that's it, actually a really interesting point.
1: It would be a lot easier if an element elements of Romanian can be spoken always, not just when I'm not here, right? Because yeah. it would be more likely to just, you know, she could just speak in Romanian. This is, this is what my understanding of, of friends of mine that have taught their children other languages is that what you do is when the other person's out of the house, you just speak to them in the the foreign language. Uh-huh. And then when everybody's together, you speak in what is the new, like, what is their native language? So you do this from when they're young and it, and it helps it sink in and then obviously the kids need to to take lessons as well as they grow up right but right, right. It, it's really important to me that these that that, that, that these kids would be able, our kids these kids these random children uh, that would be able to speak Romanian also so yeah. we could go on a trip and we could <laughs> <just> <laughs> take them there uh, it, so that's important I, I think it's important to both of us it's just, I think it I don't know like I feel like this is something that I talk about in our household more just because I I just want to make sure that like it's something that is taken care of because it's important to me. I don't I don't want these, you know, these kids will be 50% Romanian and I don't want them to not have that in their lives. That doesn't that doesn't seem fair. So, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll, hopefully I will be at a point then, in, you know, like in 5 years time or whatever that that I will be much better at this than I am right now and can say more than like I drink water. Uh, <laughs> uh hopefully. hopefully soon. Uh, bayat is boy, uh Manank is eat. Uh what else? I have? Fata is girl. Um That's
0: some, some some words for you, Casey. I appreciate it. I am um, I am wooed by your amazing uh, Romanian language. I could just be, I could be saying anything though, couldn't I? You could. I would never know.
1: <laughs> but internet, if you want to keep tabs with how much I'm actually effort I'm putting into this, well, there is a link in our show notes for my Duolingo profile, and it will give you that information.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we will keep track, and uh, we will shame you publicly if you uh, fall off the wagon. I'm sure that you will.
1: All right. today's episode is also brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the US. Blue Apron sets the highest quality standards for their community of over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranches across the United States. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less. Their freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook – or they'll make it right. And every single recipe comes with just the ingredients that you need. They are pre-portioned. This reduces food waste and also just make sure that you have only what you need. Right? You don't need any more, and it's easier to follow their step-by-step recipe cards that they include when it's like, use the, use the fennel seeds. And you're like, oh, great, I only have the fennel seeds that I need. Or like, use the chicken. It's like, this is all the chicken that I need. You know, it's, it's very useful to, just to have that when you're putting these recipes together. You can choose from a variety of recipes every week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Upcoming recipes include warm smoked trout and asparagus salad with fingling potatoes and garlic croutons, or maybe even peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil. You can set your dietary preferences so Blue Apron know what they need to send you, and this is especially useful if you're going to have them surprise you, which could be fun every now and then. Maybe you should try it out. Live on the wild side, everybody. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and there's no weekly commitment, so you just get the deliveries when you want them. Check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with your first purchase by going to... BlueApron.com analog and you'll get free shipping as well as those three meals for free with your first purchase. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait, go to blueapron.com analog. We thank Blue Apron for their support. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Alright. So we are now into spoiler territory. Spoiler town. We get ready to discuss Episode four of Firefly, titled Shindig, and uh, I bring over now, Casey, my, my
0: pad that has all of my uh, notes in. It if, stuns uh, me person. to hear you say pad and not be referring to iPad, and yet I know your proclivity for paper and whatnot, so it's, it's funny. You live in two worlds, my friend.
1: I like to take digital notes, um, but I'd, I have a specific notebook that I really like to use, and I don't get to actually write in this notebook very much. Um, so I, 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 it's a very nice paper. So I like to uh, break it out. So I now have all of my notes for our Firefly episodes in this notebook, along with many other notes and scribbles. It's where I, it's where I do all of my mic at the movies, um, notes, which is a good segue to mentioning, uh, that in case you didn't know over at the incomparable.com, there is a special URL. It's, I say special, it's not secret, but if you go to the incomparable dot com <laughs> slash Mike, we spoke about this before. All of the Mike at the Movies episodes across Upgrade and Analog, so all of the films that we've watched, plus a couple of standalones that I've done, including my cousin Vinny, which is a movie that I watched with Tiff and Marco Arment, go into a special feed called the Mike at the Movies feed, which has maybe my favorite artwork of anything ever. Um, Jason Snell, the the man in charge over the incomparable, he. Licks after this feed, and he has been very kind in that he will now be, on a weekly basis, I believe, uploading the Firefly episodes there. And the way that we do it is we leave um, the, the original episodes as they are for 30 days, and then after 30 days, the Firefly segment will be clipped out of the episode of Analog and put into the feed. So you'll be able to go there and... Uh Listen later on if you just want to get those, but I I recommend that as a feed to subscribe to in case you don't listen to all of the shows that I do. And I'm uh, over the next couple of months, I have some some pretty exciting I think special Mike at the movies planned that would just be standalones that will only live in that feed. So I recommend subscribing now so you uh, so you don't miss out. Um, looking at our links for this episode so far Casey and they they're both just with things with my name in them which is kind of (laughs) of funny to me
0: (laughs) as you do maybe we'll just
1: leave it that way all right so uh shindig so on my my version so again I'm watching the iTunes version because uh, Mm -hmm. you bought me something that I can't use um and then I wanted to surprise you so I bought the iTunes uh copy (laughs) Um, there is a the voiceover from Mao at the beginning of this episode, which I have not heard before. Previously, the voiceovers have all been from Shepard Book, and um, this is in this voiceover, Mao is talking about the fact that there was a new galaxy created of terraformed Earths after Earth was dried up, and that the central planets tried to unify all of them, which was what started the war. So I'm getting more details as the episodes go on uh, about what started all this mess. So I enjoy that. I enjoy that piecemealing of mailing at the law. So we start off this episode in a bar, um, and the only reason I mention this is really just to say that virtual pool balls is a silly idea. It really is It's a silly idea. They should that's too much. They shouldn't have done that. I think that was too much.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And something that struck me about it is that I think a lot of the special effects um, have actually aged reasonably well. Yeah, I agree uh, on this show this was not good Pew. i didn't think Pew. yeah it was it was a little rough didn't but like it. um but nevertheless uh yeah it starts in the bar and uh you know i'm just going to kind of lay out what i think up front and it's it's as just a general observation i wrote very few notes on this episode Yet, at the same time, I felt like this episode was full of a lot of character development, but only on a couple of characters. And I'll let you kind of take over and, and talk us through it. But it was stri- it was striking to me how little I wrote down about this episode, despite quite enjoying it. You know, I enjoyed it en- enough that you would think I would have written tons of notes. But I actually just kind of sat, sat back and let it wash over me. And... uh I mean, I thought it was good, and we'll figure out what you think as you talk some more. But oh, I uh, forgot.
1: I fo- I I our convention, Casey, and I didn't give my oh, opinions true. before I jumped in. What do you think? What do you think I thought about this episode?
0: I think you loved it because it was heavy on Inara and, and Malcolm, who I think are your two favorite characters, and that kind of relationship I think you really like. Um, so I'm going to guess that you—well, maybe love is a strong word, but I'm going to guess you quite enjoyed it.
1: I really, really like this one a lot because Inara is so heavily focused. Um, mm. because I love Anara's character um, and I love everything about her role. Like, I'm so... Uh, anybody that's listened to these episodes so far is so is aware of my complete fascination with what a companion is. Like, I'm so... I don't know why I've latched onto this. I was uh, talking to John Syracuse in WWDC and he mentioned to me that one of the things that he finds peculiar... Um, and infuriating at points about the way that I talk about movies and TV is that I seem to get transfixed on specific things that seem to not be important in the grand scheme of things. I know exactly what he means, you know, like he he talks about the the way that like I uh, there are certain things that that I will get annoyed about that I say take me out of a movie. And he doesn't understand why that will bother anyone, but it bothers right. me. Um, mm-hmm. I use uh, the, the example that I use in this is uh, Pulp Fiction. So I love Pulp Fiction, except for one moment. And that moment is when um, John Travolta and uh, Uma Furman are sitting in a car, and she tells the him square. to stop being a square, and she draws the square, and it draws the special <laughs> effects square on the screen. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. Because there's no special effects like that in that movie. I don't know why they did it. I think it is a black mark on an otherwise almost perfect movie. Um, it really annoys me so, so much. And I told this to John and he thought that I was crazy. So, you know, it, therefore proving the whole point that he was bringing up in the first place, I think. Anyway, but I am completely, uh, I am completely uh, focused. So much of my enjoyment in this show, for some reason, is learning about... Inara's role in society because mm-hmm. it is so interesting. I've never seen um like prostitution taken in this way in a show before. Uh, it's just a really, really interesting thing where I feel like I've seen a lot of the tropes that are used in Firefly in other shows, you know, like peace me out in other ways, right? Like it's done in some different ways, and I like some of the ways that they, they deal with gender balance and stuff in the show which I spoke about before. and um, it can be really good in places. Uh, but but this specific thing about the companion, I've never seen something like this before. So I jump right into that. Inara makes references that having a companion at the ball that they're going to be to is a, shows someone of a higher status than bringing a wife or girlfriend. It's
0: like yeah, that's okay, bananas.
1: Yeah, and, and I guess it's because of the money uh, that it takes to hire a companion or the social standing that you have to have to be able to, as again, I found out in this episode, win the companion's affections, right? Like you kind of, it reminded me of like those, um, the way that dating was done on the internet before the internet, where like you would create a tape, right? Uh, and you would, Maybe the tapes would get sent around or something. I'm not 100% sure how that was, but I remember it from like TV shows when I was a kid. Uh, it's kind of like that, yeah. where you would like do a video introduction of yourself and uh, to the companion. And then if they want to choose you, then they will, right? That's, I thought that was right. that was really interesting that you, they kind of have to sell themselves. Even after the companion relationship has been begun, they have to sell themselves to have the right to hire you for that period of time. Mm. And there is a guy by the name of Atherton who is uh, convincing Inara to go to this ball with him. So the the other thing that's going through this episode is a, is like an argument between Mal and Kaylee. Like he makes some insavory comments about her. I don't re- remember the exact phrasing that he was using about... They're, they're, they land in a town and she's wishing for like these fine clothes that she's seen um and he makes a comment about her like a joke about her and it really yeah, upsets i think he says her. something
0: like you know where would you wear that you know would you just be you know uh dancing around, around the, the engine, engine room. room in this yeah. ridiculous in this ridiculous dress he says it of course in a much more clever way but it was clearly deeply upsetting to kaylee and yeah you know oh, in, in many exactly. ways i feel like she's the glue of the ship like oh, she kind of holds everyone together well, and she's so the so engine for her to, room right as well, well like, that's you know, true yeah, yeah right yeah, so if you upset the glue, if you upset Kaylee, then you've upset everyone. <laughs> so this is not good. Um,
1: And again, something I like about Kaylee's role in this show is that she has the most masculine job on the ship, right? which is being down in the engine room, but yet she still appreciates dresses and nice yeah. clothing and luxury in her life. And I really like that mix about her where it's like she doesn't need to be one or the other she can appreciate all of it and this is really shown later on when she's at the ball in the nice dress that Mao ended up buying her because they need to sneak into the balls kind of like his apology and i guess the only way that Mao can apologize right to make a gesture rather than say how he feels um yep and she she doesn't get on with a bunch of mean girls but she ends up wooing the affections uh, like uh, kind of unintentionally w- of a bunch of guys because of a, a knowledge about engines and spacecraft. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're all having a great time and they're, all oh, they're yeah. having fun, but these guys are like hanging off her every word because she is beautiful and she knows everything about engines, uh, which I, I really enjoyed. So yeah, here's a question really that I have lovely. for you, right mm-hmm. back on the ship. Um, shepherd book jane um, um dr tam applying cards should a shepherd be gambling
0: i never thought of that um well i'm trying to think of the least spoily way to just dis- to discuss do just don't do it uh, just don't do it it's fine it's no no isn't no. it, it is an, let's just say it's an interesting point and i will just say that this is i wouldn't say it's entirely out of character for shepherd for, for shepherd book and and with time you'll understand why i say that but well i mean it, it, i i feel like i
1: understand it to a point now cuz i've i've made many questions to uh, try and understand what the faith is that he has and what it entails because you know he seems to have a a good relationship with Inara when maybe he shouldn't mm-hmm. um and th- there are a few things right, like right. he lies right like in the last episode i think in the last episode he lies to the agent or, or at least obfuscates the truth um so yeah i think there's definitely some question marks for me around what the religion is, and what the 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 role of a shepherd is, and and also what his character is, that I haven't really gotten uh gotten straight in my head yet, um, I so the, kind of we we move along and and Mao is there because he's trying to win a a space contract like for, to 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 haul some freight or some cargo turns out to be cows which was a very like WTF moment at the end of the episode Mm -hmm. just that one that there are cows and two that they are this forbidden cargo and they're being taken in a spaceship it's just all very weird I'm sure this will come into play later on because it felt like that this was I mean again you don't just tell me this but it felt like that that the whole episode was setting up this thing and I thought it was going to get paid off but it didn't which is like the end of this this contract and so I don't know it feels like that that might be something that passes over to another episode but We'll see. Right. We'll see. Uh,
0: was it was it during this time that they talk about? Um, shoot, I don't remember the context, but uh, they talk about having. Oh, I think it's. Um, what is it? Basher, the 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 bad guy that's kind of setting up the deal, uh, was talking about how you know um, something about needing diamonds the size of a testicle, and I've got I've, I've got my hands yeah. on a couple. Yeah. <laughs> and Mal and Jane just kind of like. And it, was, it took me a second. It's like, why are they laughing? I just thought it was a you know a, a reasonable, what's the English term for that? Not analogy, but um, it doesn't matter anyway. It was, you know, I didn't even think twice about it. And then I look at them and they're just kind of like, <clears throat> and oh my God, I just lost it. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, also around this time, you kind of brought this up earlier, but when Kaylee um, runs into the Mean Girls and um, an older gentleman comes up, was he the one that ended up engaging them in the, in the transport, in the smuggling? Was it the same guy? or was it a different guy?
1: I think it's meant to, you meant to think it's going to be that guy, but it isn't.
0: You're right, you're right. Uh, but anyway, but he talks to the mean girls and kind of defends Kaylee and uh, he says something like, uh, you know, oh, did it take uh, your your girls, he's talking to one of the mean girls, did it take your girls as in your like servants or whatever, a long time to get you in the, in that dress because my understanding is the space of a schoolboy's wink is all it takes to get you out of it. And I was like, oh man, that was severe. That yeah, was that was totally savage." But a what a great line, though. Yeah, it, it's a great yeah line. what an unbelievably good line. But, oh, man, I was laughing. Both of those parts just made me laugh. There were several other, like, one-liners, especially with, like, Mal. And I just thought this episode was a really great, like... I probably said this over the last couple episodes, so it's maybe I'm just not recognizing that this is just the show. But I feel like this is a great kind of overview. A little light on the, on the thieving and smuggling, all told. Those were kind of a, a, a red herring, but... Um, but it was heavy on the like character development and, and just the general humor and, and I think good writing and good dialogue that is common throughout the show.
1: Yeah, I mean Mal is clearly showing some signs of jealousy when he's at the ball and seeing like Anar and Atherton kind of dancing and he talks to her at one point and then um Atherton says some stuff that that is kind of unsavoury about Anar and about kind of keeping her there, and I think she mentions at this point the fact that he has offered to For her to become his like personal companion, which means that she would move in with him, um, and like he would just pay her services forever. I think is what that probably means.
0: Such an odd arrangement, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't.
1: I feel like that they kind of didn't really flesh that out, like what the actual ramifications are of that. Um, uh, But so then mal punches atherton <laughs> in the face right. and there's a jewel there's going to be a jewel but the, the the whilst mal was originally excited about it turns out the duel is going to be with swords um and he's not very uh he's not very well equipped for that so he gets to stay overnight in these like uh these these plush rooms that have been put on by atherton because it's like he wants the, fa- the fight to be fair because it seems like that there mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. not so much a By challenging to the jewel, that you will want to necessarily win the jewel, but you actually want to have the jewel, and you want the jewel to be right, Uh, which is which is an interesting way of doing it. And I like there's a um, Inara basically sneaks into Mal's room to try and help train him up so he doesn't die, right? Because someone's gonna die. Like that's the way these things go. And there's at one point Mal says, "I never back down from a fight," and Inara's like, "Yes, you do," (laughs) but like he's not backing down from this one. Uh, and it goes we go back to the ship and the rest of the crew hold on Uh,
0: if you if you don't mind me interrupting and i'm sorry but um but one of the things that i really liked about this episode which maybe it's maybe it's later on and i shouldn't have interrupted but at some point um they uh, mal and anara have a conversation about their respective professions and i forget exactly how it's phrased but some it's something along the lines of like well my work isn't legal, but it's honest, says Mal. And then, you know, uh, Inara's complaint, which I think uh, came before that, was that, you know, hey, I, d- I do legal work, even if it's a little morally shady, uh, even though I guess it really isn't in this world. But you know what I mean? It's like it's a like yin and yang between the two of them that I thought was very fascinating and I thought yeah. was, uh, was very interesting. Yeah,
1: I don't remember the exact wording, but the way it is phrased is good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, also it's uh, worth noting... Um, that around this time comes to the line from mal i have to use a schwat because she's like you have to use a sword <laughs> She's like you have to use a sweat. uh and i don't know the way the way nathan Fillion plays it off is just so much better than me it's so funny um so yeah i, th- I thought that whole exchange was interesting so anyway we're back on the ship i apologize
1: yeah because the rest of the crew is kind of hung around and uh, they they decide that they need to go and save mal but then the was it badger he shows up um mm-hmm. I'm not 100%, I don't a hundred percent remember why he shows up, but like what that's meant to like what that he's gaining from it, but I don't really think it's important. Um, but the the only reason I bring this up is to say that there is a scene where River appears and uh that everyone's concerned that she's gonna kinda get the game away, and then she puts on a Cockney accent to talk to Badger. That and was Cockney. Tricks him. Oh, okay, I so could... what she is attempting is Cockney because that's what Badger has a Cockney accent, and the things, the words that she is saying are, are kind of traditional Cockney like words, but it's terrible. It's so bad. Oh, it's, really? The, the accent. Oh, that's so disappointing. Horrific. It's not oh, even it a good perfect. British accent. And it is. Oh, a I thought it was tru- perfect. No, it is a truly terrible Cockney accent. Uh, so. now,
0: now d- d- don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to argue with you. Like, if you say it's terrible, then that's it. The discussion's over. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I am not the arbiter of such things. It's just. It's funny to me because my ignorant American years were like, "Wow, that was flawless." And I actually thought she was Irish in that context, but that's okay. Um, well, I, you go, I then, had. Right? <laughs> I, well, no, but but I, I guess what I, I, that was more about me being an, an ignorant American more than it was um, Summer Glau doing a bad accent. But that's, that's disappointing because I genuinely thought that it was a really, really, really good impersonation. And, and you're telling me not so much? No, it wasn't good at all.
1: I mean, so I'll say that is the area of London that I grew up in. It's an accent that I know intimately. It's an accent I used to have a lot more than I do now. Um, and... It wasn't good. It just, just wasn't good. When you thought she was Irish. Did did you? What do you? Where do you think Badger's from?
0: Oh, I thought the same. Whatever. Okay, I well, thought she was trying no. to match him, and I think she that's is, pretty obvious given the context. But but
1: they're both attempting to be Cockneys. But Badger, I I think the person that plays Badger is English because he does a better job. He does a, does a very good job actually. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that Fair that enough. person is either is either English or is just better at, better at that specific accent
0: well that bums me out a little bit but i i thought it was good you know I'm, I'm sticking
1: with that <laughs> cg said in the chat room if you want to be very disappointed the cruise mandarin is not great <laughs> <laughs> which i That's, had assumed that i had yeah, assumed it
0: wasn't not surprising at all oh yeah all right so yeah so the, the crew's on the ship kind of trying to figure out well should we do anything and try to rescue mal or just kind of let it play out and it's kind of funny um watching them kind of go back and forth and try to figure out uh by the way mark Shepard is the actor he is from london real-time follow-up um so anyway so they're trying to figure out should they try to rescue him what should they do blah 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 um and it's funny kind of hearing them go back and forth yet take pretty much no action at the same time
1: so um mal doesn't want anara to leave the kind of the quarters uh for whatever reason, and Inara also turns out to be a pretty awesome sword fighter and she helps train him up for the duel, which is the next morning, and uh, Mal is not good. <laughs> He's not good at fighting. Um, and he gets stabbed a couple of times, he loses his sword, like it's not going well. Um, so basically, Inara distracts uh, Atherton, and then Mal ends up winning. But he won't kill atherton and although he does uh poke him
0: with a sword <laughs> a few times which is funny yeah because what does he say he's like it's the mark of a great man or mercy is the mark of a great man stab Uh eh, maybe a good man stab well i'm all right yeah <laughs> it's, it's just... pretty good Classic
1: and, Mal. And the the like the guy that he's taking the job from is, is there, he's at the jewel, he's like officiating the jewel. And uh he's like, Oh, if you don't kill him, it's you know, it's a fate worse than death because he will have no respect, he loses all of his honour. And Mal's like, yeah, that's good. And then uh this is something that I really liked, right? Again, so this is one of the other things, one of the other key things here for me in Inara's kind of like social standing. So Atherton screams after her and is like, no one's ever going to want your services again, like I'll see to this. And then she's like, yeah, well, you've just earned yourself a black mark in the client registry. Yep. So she can do more damage to him than he can do
0: to her. Right. And then uh, was it the guy who's 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 giving? Eventually, it ends up giving uh, Mal all the cows. Doesn't he say something like, "Now you're only going to get a woman by the charm, by your charm and good graces, or good wit, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Good luck, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> something along those lines," which I thought was really funny. Yeah, it, it was. It, I thought it was a really great episode, and uh, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think part of the reason I enjoyed it so much is because I did think it was so funny, and as I mentioned before, so many great one-liners and kind of punchlines and. And I just thought it was handled well, and it and it and it gave enough development, as I've mentioned a couple of times, both in the in the world, and the characters that it kept me interested. Even though in the grand scheme of things, like not that much happened this episode. Like there wasn't any big heist or anything like that. There wasn't any really big like fight. I mean, obviously the thing with Mal and Atherton was a fight, but I mean we all knew how that was going to turn out. There's no way that the lead character is going to die. So um, I, I thought it was good. Even despite on paper it not looking like it should have been a good episode,
1: I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so that was it. That was episode, what was it number four? Episode number four of Firefly. So next time, episode number five.
0: Yeah, which uh, as I go to the right tab is called Safe. Great. Uh, I don't remember that one. The following one, though, is very interesting. I, don't, I just don't remember safe one way or the other. I, I couldn't tell you if it's good or bad. But the following one uh, is a very interesting one. I'm very curious to hear what you think of that one. All right, Mike. Until next time. Until next time, Casey.